Hi, welcome to Colonial Williamsburg, past and present on History.org. This is behind the scenes, where you meet the people who work here. That's my job. I'm Lloyd Dobbins, and mostly I ask questions. This time, I'm asking Tim Sutphin, who is preparing for Friday's opening of Under the Redcoat, a three-day reenactment focusing on the 1781 British occupation of Williamsburg, which seems to me a weird thing for Williamsburg to do. Well, why? I mean, we have... Uh... We, we are Brit- loyal British subjects at one point in our history, and um, during this reenactment, the British are here to remind us that we should still be loyal British subjects. I, th- I thought that question got settled rather a long time ago. <laughs> it, in this timeline, it does a little bit later, a fall, oh, fall of 1781. Oh, okay, okay. Not just it, uh, there are very few places that I can think of that sort of celebrate losing, which for a brief period we were doing. We were doing right. It's um, it's very it's very interesting for our guests and for our reenactors because the reenactors get to occupy a town, um, which is something that they don't get to do at all any other place. They go out in the middle of a field and fire muskets usually, um, and for our guests it's neat because. We don't know as Americans what it's like to be occupied. And here is a small taste of that in the 18th century. Well, I, you know, it makes a certain amount of, if, you're, if, you're, if your function is education, this is a part of that education. It wasn't all easy. Sometimes we lost. Right, right. And you know, the, the interesting thing about this event is that it, it's happening at the exact same time of history, mm-hmm. um, late, late June, early July. Uh, and the Continentals came in right after the British. Mm-hmm. British kind of said, okay, we're, we're done with Williamsburg, we'll, we'll move on. And the Continentals said, fantastic, we'll come back in and liberate the, the city. Would they have said liberate? I mean, I'm just trying to think. Was it a liberation, or it was just one guy left and the other guy came in because the first guy left? Well, the real—that's the—that's the real history. One guy left, the other guy came in, but the Americans were still trying to work on that image. Oh, of you know, we're victorious. We drove the British out, and the British actually crossed the James, so the Americans could say, "Hey, we we drove them off of out of town and and off this peninsula." The only thing I remember about the British occupation. Uh, Somebody wrote in his diary that when the Brits arrived, he had never seen so many flies anywhere in his life. (laughs) The the British forces travel with their own sort of swarm of flies. Loyal flies. Loyal Loyal British flies. uh, This also gives us an opportunity to... We do have some loyalist reenactors coming in, so it also gets to tell that story of you're not always talking about foreign invaders, but the British themselves. You've got folks who who are who lived here, who were born here in the colonies, fighting for the British cause. Mm-hmm. As I remember, and anything done with my memory is suspect. There's something like 25 to 30 percent of Virginians of that period 
were loyalists. That's correct. That's correct. It was kind of a, a division of thirds. Mm-hmm. Um, loyalists, those that really didn't care in the Patriot cause. You know, you forget that there were the, the, those in the middle who didn't care one way or another. Right. They just wanted to get along with their lives. Yeah, that just, was it. Yeah, whatever you want to do, Governor, that suits me. That's right. It's not going to affect my day-to-day survival. Yeah. But there's really no way to show that, is there? I mean, you can show British arriving because they got redcoats and muskets and they arrived. But, right. You know. Um, you know, you can show it in, in some of the, the small vignettes, but you couldn't really base a, a reenactment event, a weekend like that, on the, those folks who just wanted to get on with their lives. Yes. I mean, you could go into a trade shop today and, you know, the, the tradesmen might say, look, I'm, I'm just trying to practice my trade. I'm trying to make a living. Yeah, the British are here today. The Continentals will be here tomorrow. It, my life doesn't really change. And yet in, in real life, I'll bet that's more common than we'd ever expect. I would think so, yeah. Just, you know, good. You, you know, you politicians want to fight a war by all means, you know, but leave me alone. Just, you know. I'd like to sort of stage that. <laughs> that would be fun. What uh, when the British arrive? Okay, you've got guests here, and, and here come the British and the redcoats and the five, their fife and drums, and uh, the muskets and the occupation of the village. What's it called? The village Green, Market Square. Market Square. Okay. Uh, I, I come from a smaller place, so it was Village Market, Green. Yeah. yeah, Market Square. What do the guests who are here ask? Um, uh, several things. We have guests who are there expecting it. I mean, they've come for this weekend. So they know what's happening. They know why all of a sudden the British are here. Um, you have those that have been visiting that day who have been kind of primed through our interpreters. We have some programs that, that we, Colonial Williamsburg, do with our employees that talk about the, um, the, short, the short arrival. You know, they're going to be here soon. What are we going to do type of thing? Um, and then you've got the folks who just kind of stumble on it, and they, they walk up. I mean, the camp is being laid out uh, on Market Square uh, by by guys in, in shorts and T-shirts sometimes, and what's what's going on here? And they're they're able to say, well, you know, tomorrow morning you're going to see an entire camp laid out here on Market Square. You're not going to see any sort of modern intrusions. Um, it's going to be a British camp, and we're all going to be British. Um, so you get a, you get those three kind of diverse those that come that every year and go, yep, I want to be there for it. Those that say I know. I now know what's going on because I was here this morning, and those that stumble into the town that afternoon and, and encounter the preparation for that for that event. Okay, now that brings up another question: Why would people want to come back year after year to see the British occupy Colonial Williamsburg? It is a unique program, I would say, in the world, but definitely in the nation where we're recreating an occupation of the eight, of an 18th century town. The British really, you know, we talk about wanting to bring the town alive. They bring the town alive. They're patrolling the, the cities. They're the city. They are trying to 
they're they're asking, they're approaching visitors and going, "What's the password? Are you loyal to the king? Oh, you haven't signed your loyalty oath yet. Here, you need to go to the guardhouse and you need to sign a loyalty oath." And and so it's a it's a unique experience for for anyone. <laughs> because I have a perverse nature, I'm sitting here thinking, if a redcoat walks up to you and says, "Have you signed your loyalty oath?" I would be sorely tempted to you know, to say, "To whom?" Which which loyalty shall I swear today? Because it's going to change tomorrow. Well, you don't know that during this weekend. You think they're here to stay. Um, But they'll they'll inform you very clearly on who you're signing your loyalty to. Well, I suppose uh, that would be easy to do were you a redcoat in those days because you were fighting for the king. You were in the field. He was paying you. in, in one way or another, and your efforts had to be uh, in his regard, assuming you wanted to continue to be paid. Yes. So it, even even the redcoats were just trying to get they along. Were, they were doing their job. Yeah. Right. Just just leave me alone. Right. Do my job. And for and for them, for the British, this was this was a British colony, and they were trying to keep it that way. So it's a different it's a different perspective to what we think about today. How many British were there in the uh, you can't say invading force because they weren't really invading it was uh, but in, in the occupying force in the occupying force um, I, I don't know no. uh, it, it's upwards of thousands no. plural I mean it was an army it was Cornwallis's army so you're talking many thousands of people. I also get confused on this. Cornwallis had come up from the Carolinas, Mm -hmm. but Clinton was still in New York. So he had the bulk of the British troops there. Although Cornwallis had uh, had his own army and had rampaged through the Carolinas and was coming up through Virginia. Um, So he had his own army. Clinton had the vast majority of British compared to the two armies. But Cornwallis had a sizable army himself. He moved around Virginia quite a bit uh, when he came up from uh, Georgia and the Carolinas. There was quite a bit of movement. Yes. But it was more from Richmond toward the coast than toward the mountains. Right. This was where the populations were. Ah, right. Uh, Virginia, mid-Virginia these days uh, was frontier at that time. So from Richmond... East is where the population bases are and where the farms are and where, you know, that's where the cultivated lands are. Now, that was the period when Lafayette had been sent to Virginia to harass or upset. To harass Cornwallis. And that's who occupied Williamsburg or liberated Williamsburg after the British left. So uh, that uh, it begins to make sense. but you've got to put off an awful lot of things together to draw it all in. Yes. Uh, and it's still sort of odd that you would be celebrating the fact that uh, the Americans lost for a brief period. Uh, while the Redcoats are here, uh, are there any skirmishes staged or drills staged or musket firing? Oh, oh yes, da- daily. Oh, okay. Um, we have we don't do skirmishes because it is an occup- 
occupation of the town. Ah, right. Um, so your skirmishes would have actually, in the 18th century, happened outside the city limits, where all the guards were posted. But we do have musket demonstrations. We have Cornwallis here inspecting the town and reviewing the troops. We have artillery demonstrations. Um, we do have uh, British mounted troops, dragoons, here also on horseback. Uh, and they're doing demonstrations. They're, they're doing uh, third-person demonstrations uh, of this is the the types of skills necessary to be a dragoon or to be an artillerist or uh, a musket man. That ought to be ought to be a bunch of fun. Yes, um, it's. I like artillery, so it, it's it's very loud. <laughs> um, it's just it's a great weekend. They have you know we've got five hundred reenactors in town, uh, so the town really does come alive. And we've got activities. They start midday on Friday with the uh, taking down of the Continental Colors and the raising of the British flag on the Capitol. And then the Army marches in, martial laws declared on Friday, and then full swing on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, 500 people between the Capitol and Market Square a lot of people. Yes, it is. Because that, that is a, a limited area at best. Right. Hmm. So it's, and, and we're not just talking soldiers. We're talking uh, the camp followers and the children, the, what a normal army in the 18th century would have had with them. Bet you won't have the redcoats flies. I don't think we'll have the redcoats flies. <laughs> I hope not. Under the Redcoat runs June 29th through July 1st. You can find more information on our website. That's Colonial Williamsburg, past and present this time. Check history.org often. We'll post more for you to download and hear.